Good evening, Pharmacy Podcast Nation. It's Ken Sternfeld. How are you today? <clears throat> Call out for Precision Pharmacy in Belmore. The nice people over there, the owner is actually a St. John's alumni. Uh, they were able to get a prescription filled for me today for our catamelia. We originally went to the vet um, a few days ago, and they prescribed a minocycline compound, and they sent it to the pharmacy that they use. Uh, they were supposed to send it in the mail, and because we're not obviously going out. Well, uh, they said they sent it on Tuesday. Today is Thursday, and Amelia was starting to uh, get her medication yesterday, so my wife was a little concerned that she missed a day, and I said, it's okay. It's minocycline. It's just an antibiotic, and she'll get better. I'm sure it will come tomorrow. Well, it didn't come tomorrow, and now the day was stressful because we called the pharmacy, and they, of course, under pressures and things that they're doing, they said, well, we sent it out. Nothing else we can do. So I said, okay, well, I'll tell you what. Um, it was later in the day. What time are you open till? And they all the way out on Long Island, very far from where we live, and we wouldn't get out there on time. So I said, okay, let me see what I can do. So I called friends at Precision Compounding Pharmacy in Belmore, right up the road from Dr. Michael Goodman in Belmore on Merrick Road. And I don't shop there. You know, I know them, and, and they're obviously a very, very good community pharmacy and surgical and compounding store. And um, I called and I said, I'm Ken from uh, Dr. Michael Goodman's office, and I'm calling as a patient for my cat, wondering if you can help me get a uh, transfer for a prescription for minocycline, a compound that I need to get for my cat. And they did, and I just wanted to do a call out for them. Uh, we are able to pick it up today. Thank you. Well, one of the things about, and they're a closed-door pharmacy, uh, normally in compounding, so uh, we maintained our social distancing and uh, went to the door, and they were nice enough to hand it to us, and all things were good. Because behind closed doors of a retail pharmacy or a compounding pharmacy, well, what happens when the pharmacies really close? What happens when, across the United States, pharmacies are shutting their doors? Now, we heard last year before Corona that CVS closed, uh, I think it was 46 underperforming stores, if my memory serves me right. Um, it also included uh, some in Missouri and in Illinois, California, I remember, as well, and Texas, the big state of Texas. And of course, our friends, the pharmacy giant, also announced last November, I think it was, that they would close an additional 22 locations in the first quarter of 2020. I can't tell you because I didn't see their annual report where that actually happened. But I do remember that last year also Walgreens announced that it planned to shut approximately 200 stores, making up about 2% of their nearly, I don't know, 9,600 stores nationwide across the country for Walgreens. That sound about right? Now, thank you and a call out to all our wonderful grocery stores who are staying open now, helping us feed our families and our faces while we're home. But this epidemic of closing pharmacies actually hit the uh, grocery store pharmacies too. Actually, last year, probably just as hard. Uh, there was a chain called Raley's, I think, 
Supermarkets, which was a chain in West California, Sacramento, shut down 27 of about 100 stores that they had uh, at that point. Uh, By Mart up in Oregon, our friends up in Oregon, how are you doing? About 13 pharmacies closed in Portland in 2019. And a small Minnesota-based supermarket chain called Lunds and Biolis, Billers, I forget, can't pronounce it. They closed all of their 14 pharmacies last year. And again, those are just a couple, just a few of the closures that made a splash in the news cycle. And it's just that um, there was an article, I think, in uh, was it a medical, I think a medical journal, JAMA Medical or something, that said that uh, one in eight pharmacies shut their doors between 2009 and 2015. Well, that doesn't seem like a lot, one out of eight, but the independent pharmacies operating in those areas really, it I believe it almost doubled that amount because they kind of bore the brunt of all these closures. Well, what happens when this happens? What happens when the store closes? You know, the neighborhood is impacted, of course, you got to look first at the store owner who may have put 10, 20, 30 more years into building a business. And all of a sudden they look up and either they have to just close the doors or sell it off to a big box retailer, you know, for next to nothing. And, um, you know, that's sad. And their staff, you know, their loyal staff now don't have jobs. But the people who really are impacted are the customers, are the people in the neighborhood who were shopping in those stores. I heard a story last year that there was a store, um, gosh, I don't remember where it was, uh, that was 100 years old, been in the neighborhood 100 years, and they had to close their store. Uh, looking it up, looking up, Hale, Hale Thorpe Pharmacy, an independent drug. Okay, the two pharmacies that uh, were in the Baltimore, Maryland area. That's a lot of pharmacy heritage that goes down the drain when a store that's been around 100 years closes. Now, sometimes it's not just the business. Sometimes it's the mentality. I know there was a big grocery chain that um, just because they changed the owners, you know, the owners of the company uh, decided that, hey, you know, we don't want that pharmacy. Let's just close all the pharmacies in one fell swoop. So in a couple of weeks, 30 pharmacies that were closed in the grocery stores, uh, which is just jettison, just, you know, goodbye, goodbye and all those people. Here on Long Island, I know it's ShopRite. Um, ShopRite doesn't always have the answer, but it had the answer for store closings. Recently, I had a friend who I worked with at CBS. Uh, Joe, he just calls me and he says, uh, hey, the district just decided to close all the stores. Goodbye. Well, Coronavirus is impacting every business, everybody. And I think about, I think about my dad, who owned an independent pharmacy. And I think about how he would be able to survive what's going on in our world now, where store hours are cut, uh, businesses down, people aren't shopping in the stores. Yes, pharmacies are in, uh, essential providers. But just drive by a store. Maybe it just reminded me because I picked up at Precision. You know, the parking lot was, whenever I used to pass it, you know, pretty full. Pretty full. 
well, it wasn't full today. So what's going to happen to these independent pharmacies? I, I worry about it. I really do. Why should I worry about it? Well, I worry about it because of the people who it impacts. I worry about it because of the customers who are going to be impacted. But I worry about it more the fact that every corner can't be manned by a big box retailer. That the, the, the independent pharmacy needs to survive. It always did, even before Corona. And, and you know what? The word for pharmacies, independent, that I always think of is resilient. They're resilient. They're fighters. They've been battling everything for years. The PBMs, you know, the, the, the price wars that the big box retailers come in, the fact that they can't compete. So they always were looking for something different to be different and, and identify themselves as that go-to pharmacy, not a big box, their family, their community. Well, I, I just worry that after Corona, that so many of the people, even who struggled, who were resilient, this is going to take so much of a toll on independent pharmacies. So tonight I'm going to call a friend of mine. His name is Howie. You might have heard him on some of our shows on the Concierge Pharmacist Show. Howie Jacobson, Howie J, Jake, as his wife affectionately calls him. Howie and I went to school together at St. John's 100 years ago. And um, Howie owns three stores here on Long Island. And this week I was really worried about Howie because he contracted Corona and was been home and been struggling and doing well now, doing better. Thank you for asking. And uh, he'll be back, you know, to his stores, his three stores tomorrow. And I just, I just hope and pray that he's healthy and his family is healthy and his staff is healthy. But I hope and pray that the toll of Corona is more than just the the chills and temperature and muscle ache and cough that he got from this virus. I hope, I hope to God, I hope in my heart that this doesn't, that resiliency, that strength of community, I just hope that it doesn't, doesn't take its toll on the independents like Howie. And um, I'm going to call him tonight. I actually, I texted him as I was on my way back from picking up Amelia's, uh, uh, things because I wanted to talk to him about telehealth. Uh, we have really believed that we can help the independent pharmacy connect with their patients through telehealth, and we've been extraordinarily uh, lucky to uh, uh, team up with Spruce Health and a woman named Jessica Gulish, um, who has really been bending over backwards to work with us to launch it. She even spoke to my doctor directly today to help him make the telehealth calls because we had flipped his entire practice to tele telehealth in 24 hours. And he was already making calls and connecting with patients. So I texted Howie. Actually, we spoke yesterday. I wanted to see how he was doing. And I said, you know, I'd really like to kind of get this telehealth thing for you and your stores. He says, yeah, yeah, no, we need it. We want it. And, you know, I love the things you're doing, Kenny. Yeah, absolutely. We'll talk tomorrow. Sure. I said, Howie, anytime you want, I'm here. Well, didn't hear from him today, you know, during the most of the morning. I figured, okay, maybe he's resting. Maybe he's, you know, just hanging out. He's got a lot of things to do. So, you know, towards the end of the day, I just texted him. I uh, hadn't heard from him. Hey, do you want to talk about that? Maybe another day tomorrow, if you're not. 
And he texted back. He says, you know, I'm kind of fatigued. So I said, no problem. Let's let's do it another day. But after I did that, I said, you know what? I need to do more for Howie. I need to do it for him. So I'm home now, and I figured I'd do this little concierge hub conversation. And then I hang up, and uh, after having dinner with my bride, because we love to do that uh, here, I'm going to set Howie up in his store for telehealth. I'm going to do it. I'm going to make believe I'm his health telehealth proxy, that he's given me the authority. And again, I'm not going to do anything to hurt him. It's not going to cost him anything. But I'm going to make it like I'm going to be his telehealth proxy. And I'm going to set up a telehealth solution for him. He's got three stores. I'm not going to be so bold to do it for all three because, you know, Howie, Howie is Howie. He may say, hey, Kenny, no, but I'm going to do it for one, his Rockville Center store. That's the store I visited many times. And every time I went in there, I felt like I was part of the family. The people there, the staff, always welcoming, always, always with a positive attitude. And it's because Howie has a positive attitude. He's resilient. He's a voice of the pharmacy profession here on Long Island and through Pisney, where he's a board member. And Howie's a very special, very special part of our profession. So tonight after dinner, I am going to serve as his telehealth proxy. And I'm going to set up his store in Rockville Center with a turnkey telehealth solution. And it's not going to take me hours. It's not going to take me days. It's going to take me just maybe, I don't know, 15 minutes to put the information in. So Howie and his team will be able to communicate to patients who aren't coming into his store, sadly, because of coronavirus. And I can tell you from visiting that store, if you're a customer, you love going into that store because Howie and his team makes you feel like family. Well, Howie Jacobson is part of our family. He's a, you know, I can say he's one of my oldest friends, but I'm older than he is. But we were not even connected for almost 35 years. We went our separate ways after St. John's, but we reconnected through Pisney, and I'm glad we did because I'm just all about Howie. I have a man crush on him. So I'm going to set him up for telehealth tonight. And Howie, if you're listening, um, you're going to be able to be Howie J with your customers, even during this and after this horrific coronavirus, because you're one special pharmacist who has impacted hundreds of thousands of lives over the 30 plus years that you have been practicing the communities, multiple communities that you serve so well. And I'm going to use this as an example of how telehealth can be a savior, can be that resilient lifeline for an independent pharmacy. And when we do it with Howie in one store, and then we'll do it in number stores number two and three, then Howie can talk the talk. Because I don't own an independent pharmacy. If I talk to you, the independent pharmacy network uh, nation of people who own those stores, I can only say my dad owned the store. So I could tell you how I sold pretzel rods for a penny and bazooka bubblegum and made chocolate egg creams because I was young, uh, about five years ago. No, I'm just kidding. And uh, I can't talk the talk. I did work in a community pharmacy uh, for one summer to, while I was covering for uh, some people on maternity leave, cottage pharmacy in, 
in uh, Long Island and Woodbury, another wonderful store. So when we prove it with Howie tonight, I'm going to send him a link tomorrow and I'm going to say, Howie, here's a link on your phone. All you got to do is click it and then you and I can be in telehealth heaven because he deserves to actually be able to not only continue his business at Rockville Center Pharmacy and the others that he owns, he should be thriving because he is a provider. He's been providing care and compassion and empathy for years, for decades. And no coronavirus is going to get him down because he's back to work tomorrow just to see the staff, to put that face, to go to all three stores, to kind of just say, hey, guys, I appreciate that you've all stepped up while I wasn't here. And he's going to do that because he's Howie J. And I'm going to do it for Howie tonight. And I'm going to do all I can for any and every independent pharmacy in memory of my dad, because he had one on Merrick Avenue in Jamaica, Queens, 109th Street. It's called Merrick Pharmacy. So when I was on Merrick Road today, picking up the prescription for my cat, Amelia, thank you, Precision Compounding, again, for doing what you do in the community. I was on Merrick Road, and I felt like my dad was there and would have liked the fact that a pharmacist went the extra yard, bent over backwards to take care of a customer. That's what we do as pharmacists. That's what we do as community pharmacists who focus on the patient. Well, tonight I'm focusing on one patient, and it's Howie Jacobson. And Howie, we miss you. We love you. We hope you're feeling better. And you, you're going to have to see my face on telehealth sooner than you know. Stay well. Everybody listening, we will talk to you soon, and I'll bring you an update. Have a good night.